All right, I want to welcome everyone to the Rikishi Driver Talk Show. It's another episode. Y'all know what time it is. And it is powered by Knox Pro Entertainment. It is January the 30th. It's a Saturday, 2021. And it is still cold out here in Los Angeles. So I hope you guys are doing fine out there all across the world. I want to thank you for tuning in. You know, being my loyal, loyal listeners, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, I have production meeting with uh, my teams that are behind the scene. And they've been, you know, just uh, giving me the updates of how much the show is growing. And I just want to personally thank you guys uh, just for always tuning in and uh, your comments and your opinion of the show, it matters to me. Don't think for one minute that I don't uh, hear about it. Because I do, we have production meetings, uh, you know, at least uh, once a week. I like for them to come through, you know, to give me heads up on what's happening with the show and what is your feedback. And I also want to thank uh, those that have been uh, dropping emails as far as sponsorships, I appreciate that. I, listen, when I first thought about doing the show, you know, number one, I'm not a talk show host. But I just thought, I said, man, you know, how do, how do I, you know, how do I just, you know, keep up with my loyal fans that, you know, that's been with me for so many years? 31 years to be exact, I think. And you know, uh, you know, it's uh, through this uh, show, you know, that I'm able to keep up with everybody. So thank you. Um, let me see. <laughs> and so you know, uh, I got a special friend that's actually coming on, and uh, I'm actually texting back and forth right now. He's abs- you know, he's actually late, but you know, well. Uh, He's going to hear it when he gets on the show. I don't know if he's ripping me, but, you know, he's here. So uh, let me see. Uh, Yeah, um, my apologies. I'm trying to do everything at one time. And uh, so I want to, I want to, you guys uh, seen I've been posting on my social media about my guest that I have here for tonight. Uh, he's a longtime friend of mine's. Um, I mean, long, long. <laughs> We're talking long. Uh, in the industry, been up and down the road, had, had a lot of matches together, you know, uh, himself and, and Bubba, his partner, uh, with me and my partner, Samuel. And uh, through the years, after, as we traveled the road together, you know, we spend a lot, a lot of times in different arenas and on the highways and just, you know, doing the time, doing the work. And we became real good friends. You know, and in this industry here, you know, you see a lot of wrestlers that are in the locker room. Some come and go. But there's just certain people that you kind of mesh with. And uh, Devon Dudley. Devon Hughes, he's have he's actually one of those uh, dear friend of mine's 
in the industry. So uh, I just want to give you a little bit of bio on Devon. So Devon, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame 2018. Uh, first tag team uh, uh, to be inducted in the TNA Hall of Fame. He was, uh, I'm sorry, 23-time 20, World Tag Team Champion with Bubba Ray as the Dudley Boys has held 25 major championships between WWE, ECW, TNA, and New Japan. Damn. That's a lot. And he's currently a producer with WWE for Backstage, the founder of Devon Wrestling Academy. So there it is, man. Devon has done a lot. Uh, been in the game for a while. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually doing my show, and he's all here texting me that, you know, I guess he was late. Well, yes, you are late. And uh, I'm going to have the producer bring you in during this time. Devon, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you short, this short little video, Devon, and then we're going to go ahead and bring him in. And let's hear Devon's story. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Devon Dudley. Oh, testify! Please call my name. Devon, Devon, where are you, Devon? Are <laughs> you ripping me? <laughs> Jeez, oh, he's still texting me, ladies and gentlemen. He must be in the car rolling. Uh, you know, he, uh, he says, like, okay, one second. Hey, producer in the back scene, would you come on for a minute? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, we uh, let's try to get Devon on. He's uh, He's actually trying to click in there, and uh, again, what is uh, I know yeah, he's on the move, yeah, he's on the move, right? I don't see him on my uh backstage area right now for me to let him in. So, if you can send him the link I just resent you, he may have an older one, I'm not sure. Okay, one second, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for uh, for what we're going through, but let me see, let me let me try this again, okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so I just sent him that link there. And let's see if uh, he's able to tap in. My goodness, Devon. It ain't like this is your first freaking interview. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, let me see. 
<laughs> you know, I love the fact that this is live. That's my favorite part. About it. Hey, we we like working under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like uh, working under pressure. So it's all good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, what's that? Okay. I'm actually calling calling them right now. You know what? You know I'm on live over here waiting for you to come on to the show, right? I I mean, yeah, you are actually live with me on the microphone so people can hear you. So all you got to do is hit that link that I just sent you right there, right there on your on your phone. Can you check your email? Oh, you hear that? Uh, yeah, that's from, that, that's from, yeah, you just sent it to me. Yep. I'm sorry, will you resend up? I don't know, is you kiboshing my show or what are you doing, Devon? I uh, I sent him another email link right now, right now, and asked him to just try that one to make sure that we have the right one. And he it's sent you another link, so go ahead and try that one. <laughs> that's why wrestlers do what wrestlers do, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't mess with the technical stuff like this. Devon, check your email again and then click that link. Well, can you tell the fans that you are here? <laughs> I am here. I'm, wait, I'm live and waiting to get in there. All right, check your email and then you can click that link and try that again. And awesome. then and then and, uh, it'll bring you right on. This is not your first. I, you know what? If this was WWE, you wouldn't be doing this like this. You'd be on time. First of all, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wasn't late. I was only two minutes late, and then I couldn't get into the link. Oh, well, okay. But I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I'm live. I'm on the, you know, I'm on the, on the live feed. I'm doing my thing here, and I'm only waiting for you now. You know, and of course the fans are waiting for you. I think I know what this is. It's a payback. And no, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> That's right. So let me know, ladies and gentlemen, while Devon is trying to, you know, to uh, to log on in. Oh uh, no, he don't mess up. He 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 gives the right link. Up to my producer, if you can just send him the link again, make sure that. Yes, sir. You know what? Let Devon, him know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repackage and send it to him right now. The current one that we're on. Right. I can, I can, I can believe that links can be broken at times, so it's all good. Okay, so what are you going to do? We're going to resend you another link, Devon. This is link number five now for you. Number five. Yeah, what We're going to resend you the new link, so you can finally uh, log on in. Uh, I know how to do this because I use this on my podcast. Uh, yeah, but I mean, why do you, I know if you know how to do this for your podcast, you should have no problem doing it for mine. Ivan says his iPad is steaming hot. I don't know what that got to do with just logging on in. <laughs> but let him know. I sent him one more link from the current live session we're on now, and I'm the old one that we sent. So hopefully, right. it works for him. All right, go go ahead and check your email. We resend you another link, and it's that new link that you will just easily tap on into, and it'll bring you right on in. And do you even? Do, oh, okay. Here we go. 
There we go. Hold on, hold on. Goodbye, Devon. I'll see you on. All right. Uh, Should we play that video package one more time or, and then let him in? That's good. Just let him on in. Let's just catch up with the show. The fans already seen the package the first time. And Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. See, now you really, I really got to pray for you, Devon. Now, wait a minute. Now, you know, I'm in my son's room right now. I couldn't go up where I normally do my podcast because that would have made me to go even later by the time I got all of that set up. Okay, but, well, so I had to make sure I'm doing it right now. So I'm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just went. You know, I, I I don't do too much stuff for nobody, but when I got to go through fixing a nice edit package video, <laughs> good introduction, I even went and just started to had to read, look up a bio because I wanted to make sure that I spit out the right information. And then, hey, ladies and gentlemen, here goes Devon, and you're not there. <laughs> I almost said, I almost said, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was my show. So good night and thank you and have a great uh, night. My brother, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The oh, family, we were at um at a what's the name? Um it's not Disney World attraction, it's like a little attraction out here. It's called Andrede's Speedway. Yeah. So we were out there and um my wife's brother. Are you scared uh, to turn some light on so we can see your face? Say what? Hold on. Are you scared? I'm just saying. Now, see, now we can't even see you. First, you're late, and that, now I can't see you. Now I can see. Just turn a little bit of light on so we can see you. See? Man. Can you see me now? Yeah, I can hear you very clear. Yeah, I can hear you very clear. Okay, I guess I'll just take what I get. Well, hold on. I'll take my hat off. Now, you got you got to be able to see me with the hat off. Well, yeah, I know it's you now. <laughs> uh, so, what's, so what's happening, man? How you been? Uh, I've been doing all right, man. Not bad, hanging in there, dealing with, dealt with a little bit of health health issue, but I'm I'm good to go now. Oh, you good to go? Good to go, man. I'm just waiting for my doctors to, uh, yeah. you know, give me the okay on everything, and I'm good to go, man. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, we all know you're a pastor, so just believe in it. Well, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, can we all just send some hands, reach up and just put your hand on top of the screen or yes. on the speaker if you're listening and just send some prayers and some love, some speedy recovery for yes. the brother Devon. Wow. Well, you know, it's Reverend Devon now. You know, I am an ordained reverend now. You, you, ain't, you ain't no damn reverend, man. You ain't. I am. I'll well, send you. If you're a reverend, then I'm Satan. <laughs> we shall be calling you the prince of darkness <laughs> so what's been happening with you man i mean how's life after you know after working man wrestling so many how many how long have you been actually been in the business now how many 30, years 30 years damn 30 30 years you know and um you know the great part about it is here's what i love me and Bubba had been on me and Bubba had been on TV for so long, right? So we get to TNA, and this is when a lot of the WWE guys were coming over there, you know, after leaving WWE. Mm. And I remember some of the fans were going, What the hell? Why is it that the Dudleys are going over on Motor City machine guns or AJ Styles and all of that. He was like, let the young guys get a break and this and that. But what they didn't realize was AJ Styles and them and Samoa Joe, they were only a couple of years behind us. 
You know, they're they're they they were up there as well. The only difference is you were used to seeing me and Bubba's face on TV, but you weren't used to really seeing AJ or Samoa Joe or just those guys that went TNA. You know, Eric Young. They're only yeah. a couple of years younger. It's it's incredible how fans don't put two and two together with that. Well, it's nothing like you know. I always tell the fans know your road, stay in your lane, because mm. there's things behind the scene that. You know, do do your homework before you before you open your mouth and spit it out. You know, thank you, exactly. I mean, you know, you know, they, that's a problem with nowadays. It, you know, I respect all the fans, but and let I do you be a fan. You know, what I mean, you 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 be the one to sit there and you know let us do our thing and so forth. Yeah, uh, don't act like like you know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you ain't behind the scenes, man. Not unless you got some cameras. Some stooges in in lot in the locker room that's mm. texting you or sending you videos during the time while it's happening. You know this this is true, and mm-hmm. Lord knows I've met my my round my group of stooges yeah. <laughs> along the way. Hey, say, hey, man! So tell the fans where 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 exactly like where'd you go to school and grow up from? I know well, where you guys, but where where? <laughs> I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I was born and raised in the Shout projects. Out to Brooklyn. Absolutely, yeah. I was right over there in Flatbush and Nostrand Avenue, Myrtle. Uh-huh. Uh, I grew up right over there, and um, after my mother, you know, the projects got real, real dangerous at that time. This was like when crack first hit the scene and Damn. ran through the projects like crazy. Yes, I it remember that day. Yeah. It was making people that went to work every day and yeah. be responsible. Now they're like sucking on that glass pipe and all no of a sudden sleep. and no, nothing. It was like totally done. So my grandmother, my mother was like, we got to get him out of here because we don't want him to fall victim like mm. everybody else around us. Yeah. And so what happened was I had, I had an aunt that lived in Long Island and uh, she basically lived in Huntington, New York. And mm. so what I did was I went to school out there with her. Rochelle. Um, yeah. Right? Huntington. No, Huntington. Okay. Huntington, Huntington, Long Island. And then um, I would go back home during the breaks and stuff like that, Christmas breaks or spring break or whatever, you know, during right. whatever. And the weekends, I'd go back home to Brooklyn. Okay. Then my mother got remarried, and then we moved to New Rochelle. That was probably because of you she got remarried. Who? You know, drove her crazy. You. No, no. The right Reverend Devon would never. I, I was only helping. <laughs> <laughs> so then we fast forward. How did you meet Bubba? And then you guys just started off. The, when did that happen? What year did that yeah. happen? For you? Well, that was in 96 because yeah. um, I was going, I was taught by Johnny Rods, the unpredictable mm-hmm. Johnny Rods. Um, yeah, man. And, I had matches with Johnny back in, Johnny used to whoop my ass in back at uh, Uncle Alpha's um, uh, house. <laughs> used to, Uncle Alpha used to have a ring back there in Hampton, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And Johnny Rods would always come over. You know, he was close to my Uncle Alpha. They, they were buddies like that. Yeah, and they do those little independent shows, man. And they're they're the green boy. They throw the green boy in there, and you get your ass beat. Yeah, boy, Johnny Rise, boy, he wasn't no joke, hundred even. No, he wasn't. No, I mean, listen, with all due respect to Mm. Stu Hart, you know, and the Dungeon, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I was never in the Dungeon, so I don't know and I can't speak. But what I can say is that Johnny Rogers' dojo was no joke. He was a real deal. Oh, the, he was a real shooter. Yeah. Back in the day, for, for Vince Sr., you know, they would call Johnny if someone needed an attitude adjustment 
someone yeah. wasn't acting right or someone just need their ass beat, Johnny mm-hmm. was one of the ones they called. She had Johnny, all the time, all the time they thought it was Andre the Giant doing it. Yeah, no, it was Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods was his was his uh Rica. His yeah. Rica. <laughs> that was his man. So he, he went there and um you know I was taught by that, so I had to deal with that. You know, I got beat up and stretched every day for five years, you know, hey, as no, I was with feel like that's the difference, like how we were trained though. Like, cause my uncles did the same, like, and it, it wasn't, they, they'd be so snug mm-hmm. on us, you know, training us, but it was out of love. Cause they wanted us to really feel, you know, what this industry is about. They wanted us to respect it. Well, I tell a lot of the students today, my students and even other people from other schools, I'm like, listen, if you was to break in how I broke in or how so many old school um, guys, you know, like myself or during my era, you would not have survived. There's no way. You got people bitching and complaining now about people saying little things to them that's out of control that they think and this and that, and then it becomes a whole big deal. Mm. You know, in um, in social media, you know, like like one of the things that I gotta say, you know, Hugh Morris. Now I wasn't there during the time of NXT right before they let him go, but I do know Hugh, and mm. I do know he's an old school guy, and he was trained by Johnny. You right. know, so uh, some of the students, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they didn't care for Hugh's tactics and things like that, his way of being. But to me, when I heard half the stuff that he was doing, I'm like, wait a minute, that's old school. That's the way we would train. You know, yeah, people, you know people, a lot of kids nowadays, who's like, you know, I get it where the training from you uh, and you or with Johnny Ross is similar from, you know, how our uncles trained us and everybody else that came underneath uh, the Wild Samoan training. You know, the uh-huh. kids nowadays, they're spoiled, man. They are. You know I mean, they're spoiled. They don't, you know, first of all, a lot of them that come through, they just come through. They're just looking to get picked up. Yeah, right but, away. You know, yeah, they, they, because they got the body, they got the look, and they feel like they earned the right to be there. But mm-hmm. once you hit that three quarter uh, plywood mat and them steel posts, and your ass gets slammed, and, you know, 200 something days out the year, mm-hmm. you, some of them don't even last, man. And some of them can't even go through training two days in a row without, oh, I'm sore, I'm hurt, and this and that. You know, we, mm. people can look at us all they want and say, oh, the two old guys are talking. But the two old guys that they're referring to, if they are saying that, we've been places where they're trying to get. That's yeah, the Yeah, here you go. And it's something, what it's go. called, it's called the Hall of Famers. There you go. So, as far as Why I'm not? concerned, we have the right to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with a lot of the generation. I call it the microwave generation. Mm. And, the, and you know, remember back in the day before microwaves, if we wanted something to heat it up, leftovers or something, we turned the oven on. We had to wait for about 10 to 15 minutes for it to get nice and hot. Then put, the, then put the dish in there. That was another 10 to 15 minutes. And then pull it out. And then hopefully we didn't burn it or what have you. And we had to wait for it to cool down so we could finally eat it. You know, that was the way that we grew up. And nowadays... That's the way people don't understand in this wrestling business where they feel like they have to put it in the microwave real quick and get it back out. No, you have to learn the game. You have to learn psychology. You Ingredients. Have to learn how, and yes. And how to handle yourself in and out of the ring. Locker I mean, room etiquette. That's one of the biggest things. 
yeah. one of the biggest things. And that'll destroy somebody easily. How many times have we've seen growing up where you've had people that have had huge amounts of talent, but yet their attitude sucks, you know, within the locker room, especially with the boys. And you and I both know, Keish, if the boys don't like you, you're screwed. Yeah, you know what? Without a doubt, man. I mean, these kids here, hey, they got to figure it out. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. always what what's best to, to shut your mouth, open your eyes, and open your ears and do the work. Now, but, you know, hey, these kids, I ain't worried about them today, man. They all spoiled any damn way, meaning yeah. they have so much opportunity that's handed to them. If you damn don't go out there and get it your damn self, then this business is not for you. Quit crying about it. Quit saying mm-hmm. eat me, me and all that. Damn it. You don't, you, you're not, nothing is given to you in this industry. You got to get out there and work for it. Absolutely. But and I want to talk about you. This, this show, the reason why I got you on here, my friend, I want, I want to know the lifestyle of, you know, like your, your story is similar to ours, you know, Mm-hmm. Young kids coming up in the industry, being trained by Johnny Rods, us, Alfred Sika. And then finally you hit uh, ECW. How did you and Bubba connect it? And then you guys for so long has yeah. killed the tag team scene. Well, I- I'll say this. You know, after being with Johnny for five and a half years, he also trained Taz. He also trained yeah. Big Dick Dudley and Tommy Dreamer. He also, Roddy who all, Piper. Who all, who all became successful workers in the industry. So exactly. obviously, the training works. Exactly. And he also helped train Roddy Roddy Piper as well mm. uh, when Piper grew up. So that was great. But what that happened was, icon. yes, so I came in the training one day and um, I pretty much had said, because I remember right before that, I had walked away. I was having some problems um, at home. Uh, with my with my marriage, my first marriage at the time, and I was going through hell. So I thought I was going to leave professional wrestling. I didn't think I was going to come back to it. Okay. I had freeze I right there, freeze right there. What you're telling me right there, because I think okay. this is an important subject. You know, in the business, Dion, like it's hard enough of what we do, going to train, trying to make it in the business. Uh-huh. You know, and you know, I'm on my second marriage right now, and so it was always like. Couldn't it have been easy if you had that support? If you had that home support, because we deal with a lot outside, trying to get into the business, trying to make it to the business. Mm-hmm. And if you come home and you don't have that family support, be, even if you're married or not married or your girlfriend or your relationship, it's very difficult to make it work. But you got to make that choice whether I'm going to move on and you're not going to hold my career. I'll just loop around back if it's meant to be. Yep. But in the meantime, you got to make that decision, and you made that decision. Oh, I did. And like I said, I I gave it up because I was having those problems. But then I was holding my twin boys in my hands, and I'll never forget it. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? I'm not going to be like my biological father. I'm going to make something happen out of this relationship, not only with my boys, but I'm going to show them that I got something that I'm going to do. I have a dream, and I'm going to make sure you know it happens. And I was looking. I'll never forget the look when I said this to them it was hard um, it was very yeah and i was just like you know what your father's going back i'm gonna make sure you're proud of me and that's exactly what i did i went back to johnny rods i was busting my behind for at least six to eight months after being gone for like two months mm. he says what the hell happened to you where'd this come from it was like i had a newfound sense of where i should be and what i should do and um 
he basically said, you know, I trained Tommy Dreamer and Taz. I was like, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, you know, they're in ECW. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember when I watched ECW on TV, I was like, man, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I ain't going to this place. Like, these people, barbed wire bats and all yeah. of that crap. And I was like, oh, no, this ain't for me. I was like, I like the WWF stuff. I like the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Not this blood, you know, and all of that. And then he said to me, he says, um, well, you know, maybe I should get you down there. And, you know, at first, like I said, I was scared to death. But inside, yeah. I had that conversation that we all do have. You know, we could have like a million and one word conversation within two seconds. And yeah. I had that. It was just like, well, if you, you better say something, because how else are you going to get to WWE? I missed that opportunity. Right. And so I said, yeah, Johnny, I said, I'll do it. Not knowing that it was really going to happen. I was just scared to death. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, of course. I'd love to go to ECW. He made the phone call to Taz. Taz called me down. We had to try out. And the rest is history. Ron Dudley was born. Damn. How did you feel, man? <laughs> you got there, man. Did you already know you're going to be with Bubba? No. He actually, well, I knew that when, when Johnny called Taz, and told him about me, and Taz said, bring him down. Uh, uh, Johnny told Taz, yeah, I got this guy. He'll stretch everybody down there. He, he'll <laughs> oh, blow damn. everybody up. Now, of course. <laughs> he threw more pressure on you. <laughs> yeah, he did. And and freaking, you know, he says that. And I remember him telling me, he said that. I said, why, why would you say that? I said, don't do that. I said, these people fight with barbed wire bats and thumbtacks. I said, I don't like that. And they swing chairs. I was like, what the hell? And the first thing I wind up doing when I came to ECW was swing a chair. Well, hell, that was the man. first thing I did. That ain't nothing different where we come from the ghetto. We got to fight mm-hmm. for our out the ghetto. Exactly. Are you talking yeah. about the time during when crack was happening? Hell, that's, you had to look over your back every time. You did. You really did. Like taking the garbage out to the incinerator wasn't just going there and coming back. You had to make sure nobody was in the hallway that was ready to jack you behind. That's, so when you finally got the ECW, where did you meet Paul? I'm sure you. I, well, I, no, I had met Paul. Actually, I Paul, you know, uh, Dreamer called, Taz called, I'm sorry, let me say, um, Johnny called Taz and told him. But then he had also called Dreamer. Dreamer called Paulie and said, hey, I think we got this kid that's going to come in. He could be great working with Bubba as a Dudley. And they were looking for a Rastafarian Dudley at first. Now, you know, back in the 80s, I had the jerry curl. So the top of my head stopped growing, the hair. (laughs) The hair stopped growing. So I was like, I'll be a Rastafarian. I said, but hey, man, I can't grow shit on top. (laughs) I said, those days are over. The jerry curl juice killed that. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention of damn jerry curl juices. It's expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So they were, so they were like, "Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. We don't have to grow the hair." Because I mm. thought he wanted me to grow dreads. I was like, "Ah, oh, there's no way I can grow dreads. I mean, there's no way." And they were like, "No, no, no. How about you just be this m- m- pissed off militant, you know, Dudley?" And that's when he asked me. He goes, "Who do you like?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Who's one of your badass, kick-ass guys that you like?" And I've always loved Mr. T. Back in the 80s, you know, with the Rocky Three and all of that. Yeah. I said, I, I love Mr. T. And he's like, oh, I was like, I idolize Mr. T. I could, I used to do Mr. T impressions and everything. So mm-hmm. Paul said, really? 
So I said, yeah. He goes, do it for me. So I did it for him. He goes, not bad. He goes, have you ever seen? I don't know. Well, well, we want to hear. I want to hear it too because I never heard it before. <laughs> I did that that same one when he was like, hey woman, hey. <laughs> since your old man ain't got no, since your old man ain't got no guts, why don't you bring your pillow self over to my apartment and I'll show you what I can do. <laughs> uh, shut up, uh, <laughs> shut up, Balboa. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you sound like Dan Vincent T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did all of that. And then um he said sure. he goes, All right, he goes, You ever seen you ever see Pulp Fiction? And I was like, No, no, I never seen it. And he was like, Yeah, it's with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. I said, Yeah, I've, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. He was like, Well, it's on video now. He's like, So go to the family video or, store. Or v- VHS. VHS, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Go rent it." So I was like, "Blockbuster, oh. go to Blockbuster." <laughs> yeah. So I go home. I go home, and I tell the wife at the time, "I said, yeah, I got to go look at Pulp Fiction." She goes, "What do you mean you have to look at?" It? I said, "I got to study it so, for, for work." He was like, "For work?" I was like, "Yeah, trust me, it's for work." I went in there and saw it, and I said, "I love it." I said, "Now, what did, what did you want me to gain from that?" He said, "Did you ever see the 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 character that Samuel L. Jackson played?" He's like a Bible thumping, um, uh, preaching guy before he kills the before he kills this guy. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of news to me. I was like, oh, that's no news to me. My father's a preacher, and he was like, really? Because my when my mother got remarried, she mm. remarried a pastor. He came in at the right time when my life was you know could have went in any direction, but he came in there and he did the right thing. That's where that came from. So he oh, said, for a shoot for a shoot for the fans that listening. You really are surrounded from people in church, pastors. Yeah, my mother, both my mother and father. My mother got saved. Here's a true story. My mother was out there, you know, she wasn't saved in the church or anything. I asked her, I I used to sing in the choir, so I asked her to come to one. Wait a minute. What, what, what? Used to what? I used to sing in the choir, my brother. How, how did hold you, on, hold on, hold on. How did you make it into the choir? Hold on. You were on the back of the plane with me, Rock, Farouk. Mm-hmm. Trish, remember? When Rock was playing that guitar and we were back there singing and cutting tunes, you know. You, that was probably one of those BSK nights with uh, half a bottle of Jack in us. <laughs> we can hear the music, but we're just not, we're not there. You know what I'm saying? I, well, well, you're on. probably right. I was probably back there, but. Yes, but I had to sing good because remember I was doing it for the Lord at one point, so I had to, I had to come correct. <laughs> for the Lord, for the Lord, so for the, I for the Lord, for the for Lord. The, yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I sat there and um, I, I called, I called my mother up. I said, "Hey, I would love for you to come watch me in church," and I'll never forget it. I can see it to this day. She, that was the day that my mother got saved. She actually, she was at the church and she had one of those visions that she said when she saw me up there singing, she was like, I knew I had to change my life. I knew I had to give my life to God. And that's what she did. So from and that even, point on. How, how did your mom feel, man, when she finally seen her boy make it in the industry? A kid that's coming out of Brooklyn, the times, uh, you, know, you know how you think back where you came from? And where yeah. you're at? Well, here's the deal. And I said this in my Hall of Fame speech. My mother, you know, she basically didn't approve of the wrestling at first, you know, because, you know, again, black kid from Brooklyn, New York and the projects, you know, nobody knew how to become a wrestler. You know, we only those were people that we saw that were bigger than life at the time. 
you know? So when I told her I was going to be a wrestler, she lost her mind because I passed up a four-year scholarship to play for Florida A&M. And I passed it up. So in doing that, I was like, forget it. I was like the devil at that point. You know, she, you're going to pass up a four-year scholarship to, to do what? You know, she couldn't believe it. And, um, and I remember when I did make it and I was in WWE with you guys at the time, she, we were in church. You know how in church, the doors, you know, they open the doors of the church and everybody, you know, starts to leave after the final prayer and the final hymn is said. So my mother and father would wait in the back of the church, like most first families do to greet the, the, the members home, you know, thank you for coming this and that. So we're standing there. My mother, looks at me and somebody says oh isn't that your son he wrestles in wwe my my my, my kid is a big fan of his wow and my, and my mother says oh yes oh yes we are so proud of him he's been we, we, we have no idea how proud we are of him he's such a fine young man so i, I did one of these i stepped back and she said devon what's wrong with you come here i said mm -mm. i said you know lightning can strike even indoors i said you the pastor's wife and you lying <laughs> i said you uh. can't do that mike can't do that tell the truth <laughs> and then she was like oh he's so crazy <laughs> i always loved my boy i said mm -hmm. i said i remember those days <laughs> when you said i was gonna pick a professional wrestling it was gonna be a joke but you know again i don't blame her and i even said this to her to this day i said i don't blame you for being concerned i mean Hell, I mean, if my son told me how he was going to pass up a four-year scholarship to play football, to go into professional wrestling, and at the time when we knew nothing about professional wrestling, yeah. hmm, you know, I couldn't blame her for being upset. You know, I mean, did, were you upset now? Because now you got kids, you got twins. I got a set of twins. How did you feel when your boys came, like, talking about, you know, they want to go into the, the family business now? I didn't like it. I hated it. I hated it. Did not care for it. And I told them no. And why was that? Why did you like it? Because I didn't want them to have to deal with the same heartache that I had to go into this business. In Amen. other words, you know, the, 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 the roughness and, and how we it's got hard. our butts kicked. Yeah. And even though, even though that made us who we are today, still, you don't want your child to go through that. You want them to be easy. You want them to go through easy. You know, like, for instance, I get pissed off, you know, when my, my sons used to have their regular jobs and their boss used to say something stupid to them, you know. But I had to learn how to step back and let that happen and let them take care of that instead of instead of daddy fighting battles all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, the same thing, like, you know, I guess that's the father figure in us. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, what our kids can't see and don't understand. You know, uh, sometimes with 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 your our own kids, it's like when you give them the advice, you can be given the same advice, but when somebody, a friend or somebody else, tell them it's the same advice, somehow they they compute. Yes, you know, yes. it's like you feel like sometimes like we're too old, we don't know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, do you ever get that? Sometimes I get it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I get it all the time. Like, my kids look at me sometimes like, Keish, here's the deal. I could tell them, listen, don't do this and don't do that in the ring. And they're like, all right, Dad, no problem. And they'll do it anyway. But yeah. let you tell them or somebody else other than me, and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. It's, yeah, but who, it's hey, who better to tell them the truth? You can Hello. hear it all day long from your friends. It might come out mm -hmm. in another day from, from your pops. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, mm -hmm. you know? 
supposed to shoot straight to you. I'm not your friend. I'm your father. Exactly. This is the mm -hmm. business that we know in our sleep. I've always said it's always, you know, we can have we can be friends with our kids, but first and foremost, they need a parent. They need guidance. They need true guidance. Anybody they can have friends. They're gonna have tons of friends, but they need someone that's gonna be there in their corner to tell them when they're doing right and wrong, and especially when they're doing wrong. Because if they're doing wrong, they gotta be back on the on the right on the path again of doing right. Yeah. What better person to have than your own parents or someone that's close to you that you love? You know what, Devon? You know, we're talking about our kids. You know, this is something, too, that uh, I've been dealing with for a while now, man. And I'm not I'm not ashamed to say this or talk about it. You know, I, I got a lot of time to try to catch up with my kids. You know, during the years where we've been on the road, you know, the scheduling, the mental drive that comes with the business, the politics, you know, when you come home, you're just so drained from everything. Yeah. And then it's like there was never really that quality time to be able to catch up with the boys and my kids. Yeah. And then the schedule, you're, you're, what do you got? The next day, you wash your clothes, pack your bags, you're back out 6 o'clock. They put you on the early flight because it's the cheapest damn ticket for them to buy. For you. Mm -hmm. So you're really not getting no, no rest or nothing. But what I'm saying is I'm just so happy to be alive right now is it giving me the opportunity to try to, you know, to catch up all the lost times, not only with my kids, but with my grandkids, my new grandkids that are coming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a blessing. You know, this part of my life right now, you know, after everything that we've done in this industry, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand this is the part that means the most to us and it's the struggle for a lot of us because i sometimes i can't get around as much as i used to because you know the, the aches and pains of the industry that's left on my body physically yeah and not that i don't want to come see you baby but papa papa just my hip you know it's, it's, it's giving me a hard time to get around you know, some of us are, are in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing that, you know, I try to avoid, you know, in one aspect in terms of, you know, I try to still stay mobile. I started, you know, still do what I did when I was talent. You know, you asked me that question earlier. What am I doing to myself? I'm still trying to make things as normal as I possibly can. And what I mean normal is do what I've been doing for the past 25, 30 years. That's normal to me, with the exception of if there's time to be with my kids and my family, then I do that. I've learned after two marriages um, that, you know, I had to put them first and foremost, yeah. you know, because I've always put the business first. You know, the business came first before anything. And that was wrong. I should have never done that. Uh, in, my, in our mind, we're young. We, you know, we just chasing that paper. As long as we come home and we see a roof over their head mm -hmm. and the refrigerator is full, mm -hmm. not, not empty like it used, used to be in our home, mm -hmm. we want to give you a better life. Exactly. You know, so, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, everything we did was, you might look at it was selfish, but, you know, when you're in the grind in this industry, and now they're going to go through it too as well. Mm-hmm. You just tunnel focus on make sure that paper is coming every week. That paycheck, yeah. 
you know, you try to stay ahead of the game as the politic and in the industry to keep those bookings coming. Yep. It's hard, man. And it, it's hard. And I, and I, and I try to tell my boys, you know, all the time, like, you know, I see things that they're about to go through and I'm trying to, you know, get them in the right track. Get a mile away. I see the mile away and they don't. And I know sometimes they get upset with me because they don't see what I see, but it's only until it happens. And then they come to me and say, well, dad, you were right. Thank you. Yeah, you were so right. But see, I don't want to be that person that says, I told you so. I want to be the one that said, yes, I prevented it from happening. I'm glad you didn't have to go through that. But it, it's very hard, especially because my boys now are 25, soon to be 26. And, you know, it's just hard for them to think that daddy knows everything. And I don't know everything, but I know enough to see things that the mistakes that have been made before. I can see them about to be made now, and I'm trying to prevent you from going through that. And that's one of my biggest things. You know, as a parent, you know, in this industry, we just we're, we're so used to having our guard up, man. Yep. Like you, you, we know what we know what happened to us. Mm-hmm. But I'll be damned, you gonna do that to my baby. Yep, exactly. But uh, here it is, my baby. We got to kind of back up now because baby, a young man now. Yeah, and it's hard, Keish. You know, when I see, when I see, you know, like some of the dealings in this business with promoters and how they treat certain talent and things that they say, yeah. you know, I'm sitting up there going, how the hell am I going to be able to sit back and allow my boys to go through that? But I got no other choice. I have to. They got to learn like I did. Yes, sir. You know, they got it. They chose this business to be in part of it. And not to mention, they worked for, they got like their regular jobs, you know, before everything. They were, they work in corporate. And I'm like, well, when you get to a certain ladder in corporate, you have to deal with the same BS that you would in probably in WWE, the same BS, the same favoritism, the same whatever. And you got to learn how to conquer it on that level here, at least when you're wrestling and you're in a company, you're doing it, but yet you're doing what you love. Yeah, you got that right, man. I mean, if the, I'm sure the boys are probably uh, watching this interview right now. <laughs> like I, and I ain't just saying this because maybe they're listening, but I'm just telling it like it is. As always, you know me for many years. I, I always come correct straight up. Yep. And, you know, you, you understand the game. Oh, absolutely. You've been in it for a while. And, you know, to be able to be in the game for a long time, you can't be no dummy at this. Mm-mm. you got to be smart. you got to, you know, you've learned a lot from your past mistakes, your, uh, you know, things that you went through in the industry. Yep. And, you know, your grind and your hustle and your passion, uh, to be able to stay ahead of the game and still continue, you know, as we speak today, Devon. Yeah. So that, that speaks volume in itself. You I mean, know, I'm, I mean, you got to let them grow. We, we ab- both got to let them grow. Absolutely. And Keish, you know, a lot of us, you know, during our era, you know, they're not doing as well or what have you. But, you know, I look at it this way too. Yeah. You know, me getting a producer's job, working behind the scenes, not everybody can do that. You know, and I'm and I'm gonna put it out there and I'm not afraid to say it, but African American to be in this type of position, you know, that's unheard of. So and I'm not saying that I was I was 
brought in the WWE because I'm black or anything. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. But they understand the knowledge that I have that can help tag team and just not only just tag yeah. team, but just wrestlers in, in general, you know? And, you know, I guess you could uh, disagreement of how they feel a certain thing should go. Mm. And you have the boss of the company saying, you know, yeah. well, it's going to be this way and that's it. My thing is, how do you relate that so everybody can be happy? How do you relate it to the boss is going to be happy? But how do you get it to tell, you know, talent, hey, listen, this is what we got to deal with and this and that. But why don't we do it this way to make it better? So let's put a little bit of yours in there along with what they want. And then let's make this work. And that's exactly what I do a lot of times. Well, experience in our industry, you and I know this, you know, it has no color. Mm -hmm. It has no color. You know, experience in this industry has no color. I'm going to repeat that again. Meaning if this Samoan guy that you're listening to is smart and I happen to be your agent, and then you have somebody else come that's not, that doesn't look like me, and you know damn well what I'm speaking, what I'm spitting out makes a lot more sense, then you need to wake up. You need to smarten up that this industry is not for you. Absolutely. And again, Keisha, I just, I love the fact that, you know, uh, a poor boy from 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 Brooklyn, New York, mm. you know, that idolized this business and watched it and watched every second I could yeah. in terms of this wrestling business. Not only to be able to make it, to be, you know, considered one half of the greatest tag team in the history of the business, mm. but now to be, you know, a Hall of Famer and to now also work backstage as a producer. Congratulations, man. Because not everybody can do this position either. And a no. lot of a lot of wrestlers will tell you that have tried <laughs> to be a producer. You know, it's not easy. They're like they can't take it. They gotta get out. If you know, Teddy Long would probably he would probably hate me for me for not to ever ask you this. But how in the hell did you become a producer <laughs> on the WWE show? <laughs> I mean, come on uh, now. I mean, who 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 was you fooling? Well, you know, I, hey, I had a lot of people drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, eventually, somebody would drink it and go, we need to make Devon an agent. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of damn Kool-Aid, boy, because you got the damn job, and you get a paycheck every week, son. And you know, I can't complain about that. Uh, so I can't complain. Tell the twins, tell the twins that the whole family, hey, y'all don't complain. Daddy's still getting that paycheck now. Still taking what I got to do. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but I tell you what, my, my sons, you know, tell me all the time that one of the things that they want to do is work with your boys. They want to be able to work, especially, you know, when your boys were going at it with um, the New Day. Yeah. And I was doing I was producing a lot of those, you know, uh, with them on SmackDown and Raw. Um, you know, my sons would ask me all the time because I'd call them after the show and they'd be like, who did you have? And I said, well, take a guess. And yeah. they would and they, I, they would say, well. If we look at the way these matches were put together and how it was structured mm. and the psychology of it, that looked like this was your match. And of course, it would be your boys and New Day. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, and they were like, man, we like, that's what we want to do. That's our dream to be able to work the Usos. You know, that's what they want to do. Man, them boys there, man, you know, they, they, they've been around the business, I'm sure, all their lives. Mm -hmm. So, for them to step up and you know the to to get in there and, and mix it up with the with my boys, it'll just be a natural. Just give me the finish, man. Mm -hmm. Give me the finish and let the rest <laughs> just go. Just do what you guys have always known how to do. 
you know, just get out there and do it. It's no different than when you and I used to do it when I was Reverend <laughs> Yvonne. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, my back used to hurt every time when me and you worked. Oh, you a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you remember me and you's matches, boy. We just never went. What's the finish? Yeah, that was it. That's <laughs> all we needed. Nothing. There was nothing talked about. Nope. You know what I mean? And most of the time, me and you, like, if we'd had 10 minutes, by the time, you remember that? we get to gorilla position and, oh, Devon, you guys got six minutes. Uh-huh. Most of the time, people panic. Yeah. Uh, you and uh, I, we didn't panic. No. You and uh, I was like, no. Because I realized, too, that when you're in there with somebody that you trust and you know that knows the deal, boy, whether, uh, whether, they, whether they go from 12 to 6, hey. you're going to make it work. You're hey. going to make it. Come on. Can I get an amen? Oh, testify. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, by the way, my brother, I sent you something on your phone. <laughs> what did you do? Send me an offering? <laughs> <laughs> actually, you can say it's something like an offering. Uh, actually, actually, why don't you go ahead and look at your phone real quick and read it on the air? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Read it on the air. Tell me what you got. Let's <laughs> see here. Love it. Love it. Okay. Mmm. <laughs> this looks like some type of a <laughs> What? United oh. National Ministry? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I told you I'm an ordained reverend now. I told you that I was. Are you a shoot reverend now? I'm a shoot reverend now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am a shoot reverend you know, now. I don't even know what to think. That, that's just a whole new different show. That's got to be a whole new different show. Maybe we can put it on a gospel channel. Something. We'll bring in Teddy Long, Ron Simmons, Godfather. Yes. You know, maybe a, a John Layfield. We'll bring a JBL in the crew. Oh, Lord. Just so we can have you as a as a shoot pastor, you know, so you can kind of practice how you would do your yeah, oh, yourself. yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Before you go into a live crowd, <laughs> you don't go out there and stumble over your words, you know? Never, my brother. <laughs> Never as Reverend Devon. So did you become a pastor so you can pass the collection plate? Or is this just another booking or what? <laughs> what are well, you doing? <laughs> well, 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 you know, I will have with, hey, the day that we put the concrete windows up and all of that around my church, my building, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to invite every single one of y'all from Godfather, Teddy Long, Farouk. I'm going to have y'all sit in front row. And then I'm going to have you sitting okay. right next. I'm going to have you sitting right next to me in the pool pit. <laughs> I tell you what, if you uh, if you invite all of us, we gonna show up with Godfather's pimp clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have you gonna have all the hoes up there in the choir. Godfather's hoes up in the choir, singing from the choir. <laughs> hey, hey, let me put it this way: Jesus is with the sinners too when he preached around. So <laughs> I, I can lay my hands on the Godfather's up, <clears throat> ladies. Yeah, <laughs> just saying, you know, because they need help too, you know. Make you sure you just... got that red wine flowing in there too, man. Oh, you gotta have you gotta the have red wine, red pie, right? Listen, you have the red wine, and don't forget my water. I gotta sprinkle and lay my hands. Oh, they have mercy, man. Love, <laughs> and, you know. Uh, I think we just, oh, that's that's got to be a whole new separate show here, man. <laughs> you be off guard of being a shoot minister. Yes, a shoot pre preacher. And now I will do I will do 
weddings and everything else. I mean, you want to get in touch with 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 Reverend Devon? You can hit me up on my Instagram and okay. Twitter at Devon Testify Devon. And if you want me to do your wedding, I'm more than happy to do it. Lord have mercy. Uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We got a new, a new pastor, Pastor Devon. Yeah, hit yeah. him up on all his social media. And then uh, just go on and just, uh, you know, send in your offering and away we go. Absolutely. Now, listen, a dollar is a terrible thing to waste. So I'm going to tell you right now, just like I did during the Reverend Devon, a dollar today means salvation tomorrow. So you know what you got to do when that bucket is passed around. Lord, the Lord don't like change. Mm-mm, no, we like that silent stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen hey. here, man, on the shoot, man. Uh, congratulations, because you're off to another journey of being a minister. I hope that you touch a lot of lives. I did not like how you touch my life. Would you stop? You know, but you know, <laughs> touch the lives out there, save them. But also, man, I want to before, because I always say this tomorrow, I ain't promised, man. Congratulations on all your success. Thank your you, my congratulations brother. Congratulations of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I say the same uh, to you too, my brother. And also, man, just thank you, man, for being such a good brother, man, a good, close friend of mine's in Thank this you. crazy industry through the years and years. Uh, you have uh, been so close to me and my family. And yes. Thank you for looking out for my kids too, man, while they're there, man. You know, no. I wonder, when I seen that the match with you working against the boys, I said, damn, I wonder how Devon feel like, you know, he's working <laughs> with their father. <laughs> listen. Like, you, you must be looking across the ring like, damn, I used to work with Rikishi back. Yeah. Listen, now I'm actually looking at, at his kids. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know when that really hit me, Keish? What? It was when at WrestleMania in Dallas. Um, I forget what WrestleMania it was. It was like three or four years ago we were in Dallas. Uh -huh. and, I, and I happened to look across the ring and I see your boys. I remember looking at Bubba going, Damn, those Rikishi kids. I said, those are the same ones that was in the damn catering throwing Fisbees around with Terrence and Terrell, my twin boys. Now they're in the opposite ring. And we we felt we 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 done we done we done helped contribute to packing hundred and ten thousand people here in Dallas. I said, ain't that a blimp? If you would have told me that 20 something years ago that I'd be sitting around in that ring at WrestleMania at that show with your boys, man, I would have said you were a liar. There's no way I can remember that. <laughs> you, know, you know, the boys, they used to be so happy because we'd bring them to TV. You remember that when they was young. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we'd always take them and put them in the catering. But I would yep. tell my boys, don't ever leave here. You sit there, you eat all the food you want, eat all the cookies you want. Because after after that is finished working, don't ask me for no food that you hungry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because you should have got everything you got sitting in that catering. Yep. <laughs> and don't forget, there's some Ziploc bags right there. Throw some cookies in there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daddy, we don't want that. Then you ain't hungry. Then that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So listen, man. I want to put up this screen here. Let's let's go to your website or the school. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of tell me how the academy's going out there. It's uh, uh, give me a little rundown about your academy going. How's yeah, that going? Man, it's going really, really good. We got about maybe I would say sixty-five to close to uh, seventy students, and 
we're working on a bigger place now. We we want a bigger place because you know it's you're outgrowing, God, huh? outgrowing it. God has really blessed us in so many ways with this school, and uh, I am very proud and happy to say we've got uh, a couple of people going out for tryouts as well. As you yeah. can see on the board is myself along with two of the other guys. Uh, mm -hmm. That's Dan Carr right there in the middle. Right. Uh, he was he was uh, the original uh, creator of mm. the uh, American Gladiators. Really, he was. Yes, he was the creator. That was him. That was his show. And uh, to what Hulk Hogan is to wrestling, he's also a a arm wrestler. He's like the Hulk Hogan of arm wrestling. So okay. he's in the he's in the Hall of Fame and everything. So when you hear when people talk about arm wrestling, he's like again, he's like the Hulk Hogan to arm wrestling. The big dog. He's like the, the big, big dog. Yep, he's got um his degree and. Uh, training, uh, strength training core and all of that. Uh, we made sure of that and uh, he's like he's like the Mickey of the gym so to speak. <laughs> he's like the Mickey. He was also responsible for the Olympic boxing team that went undefeated. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got my hands covered in that with him in terms of that. He's always got new stuff given the students, yeah. you know, and then of course what we find out from at the PC, what they work on. We like to work on it with, uh, with our people as well. So then that way, they're not courting it blind. They know what they're getting into. Come on. And know they got to deal with it, you know? And um, but the That's a very really important point that you tap on. You know, what I say, like, you know, Al Snow has a school out there. Uh, what is it in Kentucky? Mm -hmm. uh, you got Lance Storm out in Canada, uh, Knox Pro, us out here in uh, L.A. You guys, uh, you out there in Florida. You know, I always tell my kids, listen, you know, if y'all don't make time to show up and, and make training a priority, if you don't make it here, you're damn sure not going to make it there. Now, mm -hmm. what I mean with the, you know, with the performance center is this, like, there's 200 something people there. Yeah. We're here and when you have an academy like such as yours, ours, you know, Al Snow, the whole, the reputable schools, the people mm -hmm. that know their training, a gang grill out there. Um, so when you, when you come to a school such as, uh, ours, it's like you have, you have the, the luxury of having a one-on-one -on -one training, you know what I mean? Whereas as if for the PC, what, when do you think they're going to sit down and have one-on-one -on -one with you when there's 200 something people? It's hard. And like, there's really no time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why you have to get all your learning before you get up there in your craft. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for people to find reputable schools out there. Don't just get a school when a guy opens up a warehouse, puts a ring in it, and says, right. okay, this is a dojo or this is a wrestling school. Meanwhile, he's never been where, where you're trying to be. He was never at WrestleMania, never on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. And again, the old joke that we used to say back in the locker room, Keish, but it's true. Who did, who did they ever beat? Amen. Who did they ever be? Who did they ever be in the ring with and deal with? And that's what you get with so many phonies opening up schools and taking right. these kids' money. And then it's only when they come to people like you and I, Gangrel, Lance, they come to us late because Joe Schmo was able to open up a, a warehouse and put a ring in there and got them for thirty-five dollars to $4,000. And I'm like, yep. dude, you, you would not have had to spend all of that if you would have just took the time to look into your school. Listen, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you're going to find the best law, you're going to find the best college. for lawyer, college or, or medical, you know, around. You're not going to just give it to some guy that opens up something in his house and going to teach you about science and how the body works. No, that's not how it works. Find yeah. a reputable school. 
And some of them are lazy too, man. Like, I mean, if you're lazy, you know that, you know, there's a reputable school four hours from you, but yet you got a friend that's an hour from you. Which school are you going to go? You going to mm-hmm. go to the guy that's convenient or you going to go to the guy and make the sacrifice? Remember yeah. this word, sacrifice. Yep. You're going to make the sacrifice to go the right place that's going to give you the right knowledge and also help you open doors for you when you're ready to go through. Absolutely, my brother. Testify no, in the no shortcuts. None. And the ones that do have the shortcuts are usually the ones still on the outside trying to get in. The stooges. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, absolutely. We can go all day long with the kids. Not as, they got it better <laughs> than what we do. I mean, for for those of you that just joining the, the, the wrestling industry to be able to train to be a professional wrestler, you all are a bunch of uh, uh, PlayStation wrestlers to begin with. <laughs> they yeah. are. Yeah. I'm going to tell it like it is, man. I yeah. mean, they all come like they PlayStation wrestlers. But once they find out what the sweeping the bathroom, mopping the floor, cleaning the ring, uh, you know, taking those bumps, clean your knee pads, your elbow pads, make sure mm-hmm. you're uh, clean. You've got fresh breath. You've got holes in your mouth when you're training. Your yep. ear is all clean. When they find out, damn, what does all that have to do with me being a wrestler? That has a lot. Until you figure that out first, mm-hmm. you'll understand what it is. Absolutely. All right, my brother. Well, listen, yes. man. It's been a pleasure to have you come through, man. My pleasure. Sorry, I was a little late. I apologize for that. I blame now my kids. I blame my kids. I blame my two youngest ones. No, nah, you ain't gonna blame. You ain't gonna blame your two youngest. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna. You ain't gonna blame nobody but yourself. Because I ain't never heard you to put to pass it off on anybody. You always take responsibility. This is true. Even when I should have took the responsibility, I took it. <laughs> you got it. Yep. <laughs> Listen, my brother. I want to thank you. Got any last words before my time is up here? My brother, I just want to say for those that, and I think we touched it, for those that want to find a reputable school, find one. Don't just settle. Find one and go to that reputable school and learn the right way in and out of the ring. That's the most important thing. And remember, family comes first. Peace and love to everyone out there that recognizes that and those that don't should. Because like we always say, you never promise tomorrow. So you got to go out there and lo- and say I love you to those that you really do love and care about because, again, you don't know when it's over. Mm. Hey, man, you already sound like a preacher. Well, I'm telling you, I'm ready to that first initial sermon. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tell it and preach it. <laughs> give, us, give us the listeners the website to the school one more time and how people can follow you. Absolutely. It's Devon. It's D-V-O-N Academy.com. And um, again, um, catch catch me on uh, Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter at Testify Devon. And, uh, you know, let me know what you think. And if you're ready to come down, if you're in the Florida area and you want to stop by to see the school, by all means, come on by. Love to meet you and see what you got. All right, my brother. All right. I want to take this time to say thank you again. Much love and respect to you always. I uh, want to thank you for just being just as real as they come. And you've never thank switched you. up from the day one when I first met you. Thank and, you, my uh, brother. 
you know, thank you for helping changing my, my, my boy's diapers back in the day, too, in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> tell him that, too. I'm like, boy, you hit me that hard. I used to change your diapers. <laughs> but you take care of yourself, and we'll link up soon down the road. All right, my brother. You, too. I'll talk to you soon, Keish. I love you, my man. Much love and respect. Cool. Love you, my brother. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, you know, the one and only Devon Dudley. Man, I can't believe he is a he's a pastor. <laughs> what? What? I can't believe Devon's a pastor. All right, well, listen here. Make sure you guys check out his school uh out there in Florida. Um and uh follow all his social media. Check out the website that he also posted up as well. And uh, I want to say this, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know, you guys uh, stay safe out there. <laughs> uh, be good to one another. Live your life. Live your life. You know, as I do all these shows here, hopefully all the stories from different guests that come through, uh, such as Devon for the night, which caught me off guard as being a pastor, a shoot pastor. Well, I guess that's uh, that's what he had in his past plan after wrestling, and he's, you know, he's got it. And so what I'm saying is whatever you go, you got set, man. Tomorrow ain't promise. You know, get out there and get it. Get it, get it, get it. Do what needs to be done uh, to be able to make your dreams or your plan or your goals uh, become reality. So I want to thank everybody again. Uh, for tuning in. Thank you for all the love there through Cash App and uh, Venmo. Uh, continue to follow all the social media platforms of Knox Pro. That's K-N-O-K-X-P-R-O dot com and all their social medias on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook on Knox Pro Entertainment. And also make sure you tune in. It's every Tuesday. It is the LIW Live Interaction Wrestling. It's something that has never been done. So I want you guys to bump on over to Twitch every Tuesday. Make sure you click that reminder button that comes out on Knox Pro Entertainment and also my page. And make sure you just go on over there because they got things going on to where you can actually bid like for a stop sign. <laughs> and then that other wrestler, once you reach that bid, that other wrestler, you can grab that whatever is a stop sign and they can use the stop sign on the other wrestler. So check it out. It's a very, uh, a very uh, a great concept. It's a new concept. Uh, it's actually like a human wrestling game where you, the fans, control the wrestlers. <laughs> so make sure you bump on over. It's every Tuesday. Knox Pro Entertainment, LIW. It's I Am Wrestling Fans. Live Interaction Wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is my time for tonight. And remember, each one teach one, and it's free to be kind to one another. Good night.